Welcome to the Living Godcast. Our prayer is that this message speaks to you, impacts you, and inspires you. Please enjoy today's message, and we invite you to contact us if you need prayer, appreciate this word, or would like more information on Church of the Living God. Be blessed today. The title of the message is They Say, I Say, He Says. All right, short title. They say, I say, he says. Father, we thank you today for the word of God. We thank you for your presence that is in this house. We thank you for a living word, a word that is applicable in every generation, in every culture, Lord, all around the world. Father, that you are showing the kingdom. And you're going to blatantly show the kingdom even more so as we approach the the millennial, the time of the millennial reign. And so, God, we are here, and we are here because of what you have done in our lives. The blessing that you have brought into our lives, the salvation you brought into our lives. And I just give you the glory, and I give you the praise in Jesus' name. So the scripture today is from Matthew 16, verse 13 through 19. I will tell you it is a short message, and I know everybody always laughs about that. But this one really is a small message uh, in comparison to what we do. But it's packed, and it's important uh, for, you know, for us to hear what this says. We don't want to get so casual with the Word of God that, well, I know this, and I know that, and... And, oh, I've heard this verse so many times. We need to keep going back to the Word. And uh, there's always a nugget. There's always a revelation. There's something that comes in. There's nothing quite like a word in due season. And, uh, and that's what we, we need so many times, and we've needed uh, throughout this, uh, these past weeks and months. But God, God is not moved. He's not shaken. He's not afraid. And uh, he knows who he is, and he knows who we are in him, amen, and his son, who he is, and he knows that he's already won the battle. And uh, men, I, I guess not too far, you know, after Adam and Eve was kicked out of the, <laughs> the garden themselves, you know, men were doing their own thing, building their own thing, you know, trying to do things without God. And uh, so I don't want to do that. I want to be connected to him. I want to know if there's a scripture that I need on this problem or, or this problem. I want to have that word. I want to know he's there. And aren't you glad that even in the grave, gravest of times that you can just say, Jesus, and it already begins to turn. You don't even have to say, Jesus, I need da, 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 da. No, you just say, Jesus, and it's already begun, that transformation. Amen. I love that. And so we're going to go in Matthew chapter 16, verse 13, and uh, through verse 19. And so we're going to, in this encounter between Jesus and his disciples, we're going to uh, take a look at three questions. Uh, that Jesus had given. And uh, it's very important. 
and very strategic at that point uh, that he is making sure they're on the path. He's making sure uh, that they know. I believe that Judas did not believe that. Uh, I believe that Judas wanted to, uh, you know, he wanted his own agenda. And when we come to the kingdom of God, the best thing that we can do is lay down our understanding. And let his understanding move and flow within us. And, uh, and that's the only way we're going to help anyone else. And it's the only way we're going to be able to come to the places we want to be with the Lord. And just understand that who he is. And so in Matthew chapter 16, verse 13 through 19, in this encounter uh, between Jesus and his disciples, we find these three questions with answers uh, and also, you're going to see that it is increasing uh, in importance as the story progresses. And so Jesus is going to ask them three questions. And each one of them becomes more and more important, more vital uh, for who they are and what they're doing. They're, them walking with Him. Could you imagine uh, walking with Christ, seeing Him, touching Him, feeling Him? And, and in that world, in that time, Jesus just looked like another. He just looked like another Jew, you know. And so uh, people had to believe. They had to see something. And people did. Many people did. That they saw something that was different in his life. And they called out upon uh, him. And things began to change uh, in their life. Uh, the harlots followed him. And the poor followed him. And the Pharisees were quick to point that out. And Jesus would come back sometimes and say things like, you know what, he that is well doesn't need a doctor. <laughs> right? It's those that are, are, are sick. People are spiritually sick. They need, they need a doctor. They need Jesus Christ to heal them. And so verse 13 says, uh, When Jesus came into the region of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, this is question number one. He asked his disciples, who do men say that I, the Son of Man, am? And so Jesus and the disciples, they're just doing what they do, a lot of walking from one place to another, to this region and that region. He's already told us in verse 13 that they just came into the region of Caesarea Philippi, and as they did that, Jesus turned and asked the disciples, uh, who, who do men say that the Son of Man uh, am? And so there's the question, and what is the, the answer? We see also, uh, as we uh, look at this, that... He's, pre, he's bringing out this phrase of son of man. And in that potential or in that information, the son of man, Jesus does not claim himself to be superman, super God, all of those things. He was born to, to a virgin, and we know that. Uh, but he wanted to know what they knew and what they believed, what they say. <clears throat> and so... Uh, he asked them, who do men say that I am? And the Son of Man that I am. 
And so he is saying, by saying son of man, he's connecting to humanity. Uh, He was born out of a, a womb just as every man is brought into this world. He had times that he was tired. He had times that he needed to get away from the disciples (laughs) and go up on a mountain somewhere and just be him and God. And uh, one occasion, this God, this man, this man of God or this God of man, (laughs) uh, he went up on a mountain and he was talking to Moses and Elijah. And uh, they met there on the mountain. Now, that's not quite humanity there. (laughs) Moses and Elijah uh, and Jesus were talking on the mountain. Well, of course, uh, Elijah and uh, Moses had already died. But the fact of the matter is, is that Moses and Elijah never met on earth. They were of two different eras. They lived in two different times. Uh, they never met each other because they, they died. They weren't of the same culture in the same time. They were hundreds of years apart. And yet, you know, they were very similar when it came to the kingdom and receiving their, their potential and what God would have them to do among the humans of that time. And it's just a... a mind-boggling. It's just hard to conceive and perceive this eternity that God lives in, this, this eternal past and the eternal future and, and what is going on today and, uh, and these great men of God through the Old Testament, the Sunday school stories. Uh, they weren't just Sunday school stories. These were uh, the, the stories of people of faith. Men and women that stood for the things of God. Some of them, it cost them their lives uh, on this world. Some of them were imprisoned in this world for what they believed in. And so, uh, you know, but they were worshiping the same God. They were looking for the same kingdom. And, uh, and so, it's important that Jesus said, Who do men say that I, the Son of Man, am? He's pointing to that natural birth, uh, to a, a, a human man and woman. And so Jesus may be thinking, well, is that all they see in me? Do, do they, maybe I don't have to tell them I'm a human. Maybe they think that's all I am. <laughs> uh, but Jesus is talking to them. He's imploring them. He's asking, what are they hearing not for the sake of the crowds, but for the sake of the disciples. And so he wanted to know, are they picking up on this true identity? On this, this God that had brought him into the world and shown him and that he fulfilled the prophets. And now he's here upon the earth and he's bringing the gospel. And so Jesus was God on the earth, the son of God. And he is God, sitting at the right hand of the Father even now. But here on earth, he looked just like another man. And there was a lot of faith. You know, if somebody walked up to one of us and said, hey, I'm the Messiah, we'd probably go get a phone number somewhere and see, you know, where we need to take them. (laughs) You know, but uh, 
But God has a plan. God knows the plan. It was, he had the plan before the foundations of the world. Amen. Before Adam messed up, God already had the, the remedy for it, already had the shed blood scheduled to come back uh, into the earth. And so uh, he says, who, who do they say that I am? And so that's a pertinent question in America today. In your family gathering, who do you say Jesus is? Who is he? And uh, there's, a, there's a good answer. For that, And so, after he talked with them, and he walked with them, and was talking about this thought of who do men say, who do these people that are following us, who do they say that I am? He goes on, and, and uh, he's, as he is bringing out to them the reality of who that he is. And so, in verse 14, uh, the answer came from the scripture here, or it has been put in the scripture. And they said in uh, verse 14, so they said, some say you're John the Baptist. That don't make any sense at all. Jesus and John was in the same pool of water. And how could Jesus and John be Jesus and John? You know, I mean, that people will go to great lengths to explain their unbelief. Try to make, make it sound intelligent. <laughs> the fool has said in his heart, there is no God. No God. I don't care what degree you got. Right? And so, some say John the Baptist. Some say you're another Elijah or you're, you are Elijah. And others, Jeremiah, or one of the prophets. And so you notice that they didn't answer this question. Uh, they started talking about what other people said. <laughs> and so he got that. They didn't answer. They say, you're Mary and Joseph's son. And so, in this, they were assigning some level of spiritual greatness to him, but not the fullness of his identity. I don't believe that they knew yet who he was. And they knew they didn't know who he was. Uh, but he was, doing, he was bringing them along. And so, wherever they went, as he began to preach, as he began to teach, as he began to rebuke, uh, as he uh, began to humble himself before the poor and the meek and give them, you know, their need. And yet, uh, you know, the thousands, hundreds of thousands, what, four, uh, 400,000 or in some of these crowds, 40,000, 50,000 uh, people, and, and he's feeding them with five loaves of bread, you know. And so, yeah, the 5,000 that, that ate, 5,000 ate a few loaves of bread. And when they picked up the fragments, there was more bread in the fragments than there was before he opened the loaf. He had more left over than he started with and fed 5,000 people. I think we're connected to something that is powerful, something that is life-changing, 
Something was people say, well, I, I, you know, I don't know if I've seen miracles. I tell you what, you hang around, you'll see them. You will see them. Every salvation is a miracle. It's one thing. Every child, you know, that comes to the Lord. He doesn't say, oh, wait till they're teenagers, wait till they're young adults. He says, bring the children to me. Amen. The Son of God on earth. And here's the disciples, and they're kind of skirting around, uh, trying to get a viable answer for this. And so uh, they, they were just kind of over, all over the place, and they were confused as to who he was. And then there was the second question, and this one really came home. So Jesus says, but who do you say that I am? Who do you say that Jesus is? Is he another just religious guy? Is he another person that uh, just wants to tell you what to do? You know what? Who is Jesus? Who do you say that I am? And, and I don't believe that they answered that quickly. I believe they were maneuvering in their minds and, and, and in their hearts. And, of course, somebody had to speak, and guess who? S- Simon Peter. But he got this one right. <laughs> this second question. Who, who do you, how, who do yourself Say, he's, this is one. doesn't matter what the other uh, ten have or anything. Who do you say that I am? And Simon Peter said, you are the Christ, the Son of the living God. Amen. I, I just know Jesus' spirit just jumped when, when that happened, when he brought that out. Jesus answered and said, blessed are you, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father who is in heaven. Amen. And you get the kingdom moving when you're able to say, I know who you are. You are the Christ. You are the one the world's been waiting on. You're the one that was prophesied, that was coming from all of the prophets. He met all of them. And so we have a blessing when we come to the place. You know, that we know who He is. I've had many people ask me, how do you know that Jesus is the one? How do you know this Jesus is, is, is the one that you need to follow? And that's, I say, well, first of all, He told me to. You mean He's talked to you? Yes, He does talk to me. Amen. Walk with Him long enough, He'll talk to you too. Amen. And so He says... Flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father who is in heaven. We need to get beyond human uh, thoughts and begin to believe who the Father said His Son was. And He said, flesh and blood has not revealed this. And so flesh and blood, that's that's equal to the physical nature. Flesh and blood, the physical nation, nor uh, nature. I'm sorry, nor anything akin to it. When you look this us, this up, flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father who is in heaven. 
Amen. The physical nature cannot conceive this. Amen. Flesh and blood. You know, that's what it took to secure our salvation is flesh and blood. Amen. On a cross. The blood ran down. His, he stayed. He was there. And so he got a good answer. <laughs> and that's what we need to answer as well. Who is Jesus? And then the third question this morning, third and final. What does God say about you? What does God say about you? In verse 18, as they are talking, Jesus had asked them, Who do you see that I am? And Peter gave the right answer. And he said, And I also say to you that you are Peter. And on this rock I will build my church. And the gates of Hades shall not prevail against it. Amen. Now, he's not saying to Peter, you're the rock I'm going to build my, my church on. He's saying to Peter, yes, you get it right. And on this truth, this truth that has come out of your human mouth, has just come out of your human mouth, that truth, the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. And he said, I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. And whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. Amen. Isn't that awesome? And of course, you go over in where he said again that uh, not only whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven, you know, uh, but he's, get my scripture here. And I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven and whatever you loose, loose, not lose. <laughs> we're, not, we're not going on a treasure hunt, right? But whatever you loose on earth, boy, that's, that just, that's not a typo there. <laughs> whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. We better watch what we're saying. We better watch what we're loosing. Amen. Look at that. Just stood right up. Loosed. Not something you lose, but loosed. And so Jesus identifies Peter because of this revelation that he had. And Jesus began to identify Peter, proclaiming, the establishment of the church. And before the church was really up and going, he identified the end. Amen. And he said, it's going to be a victory. The church is going to win. Amen. The church is going to win. The church is winning. He gives the keys to the kingdom to Peter and commissions the loosening of things with those keys. It's not that we're just saying something, but we have received a truth. We've received a key truth from the kingdom of God. And then 
we have the power to commission the loosening of those things, of things which those keys, we have inherited from the, the disciples those keys to the kingdom. Amen. God has given us the keys to the kingdom. Amen. We can lock up what needs to be locked up. We can unlock what needs to be unlocked. But you don't take it lightly. It's, it's, it's serious business. It is three-dimensional living. <laughs> it is what God is coming to man on earth. I don't know how many times I've looked at somebody and, and told them what was going on in their life. And their jaw drop and them say, I, I, I didn't, did we talk about that? <laughs> you know, No, we didn't talk about that. But God knows. God knows what's going on in your life. Amen. He said, I'm going to give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. And whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. What about loose, loosing another Pentecost? <laughs> what about loosing uh, a, a revival in the United States of America like we've never seen before? Amen. Amen. So Jesus identified Peter and proclaims the establishment of the church and its victory. He gives the keys to the kingdom to Peter to be the lead and let them uh, follow the commission, the loosening of things, which those keys. He promises that heaven will uphold the activity of the kingdom of God on earth. That what we bless on earth, He'll bless in the kingdom. What we speak, Amen. With faith. Amen. It's all with faith. And when we're able to stand and speak, then we're able to gain the victory. Amen. What does God say about us? The church, the bride, the blood-bought. What does God say about this, this era of His kingdom? He says that we are redeemed. Amen. That's a price paid. He didn't just give it to us. He paid the price for it. Amen. We are the redeemed. We're the ones that's received the benefit of His death and resurrection and the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. Amen. And so uh, the, the promise that heaven will uphold the activity of the uh, kingdom on this earth, He said that whatever you loose, will be loosed. Whatever you uh, bind, thank you, uh, will be bound. And so this is what God says about you and I, that we have the authority over the enemy and that we are already more than a conqueror. You know what more than a conqueror is? It is knowing the end before you even go into battle. We are more than conquerors. When we war against the devil, we war in the posture of a victory that's already been won. Already. Amen. Jesus told the devil, get thee behind me, Satan. And the devil didn't stand up big. He didn't do anything. He left. He just was put out because of the authority, the authority that the church has been given. We are redeemed. We are washed. We have authority over the enemy. We are more than conquerors. 
And when we pray, it doesn't matter if you feel like something shifted or it didn't shift in that pray. When we pray, He hears from heaven. Amen. He hears from heaven as we pray. Amen. God is so good. We re- remember the miracle, uh, you know, that the hoppers received and uh, how beautiful that that was. And, and it was, I tell you what, I don't know about you, but it was good for my prayer life. And uh, I'd get out there in the country and see those millions of stars and the light of that stars. I got to get back out there. Uh, and, and the stars were filled the, the air. And I looked up in there and I said, you that made this, I'm calling upon your name. I believe you are Jehovah, the God of all gods. And your son is Jesus Christ, my Messiah and Savior. And I know that you spoke and said, let there be light. And there was light. I'm calling upon you to change the doctor's reports, to turn it around. God, we're going we're gonna to keep on praying until things begin to change. And you know what? It's not any glory to me. There were dozens, if there were not hundreds, of people praying for this child. All through the region, people praying for her that didn't even know her. Amen. But I tell you what, God is still on the throne. God is still looking for a people that believe that whatever He says, He can do it. Amen. We need to be those people. Amen. I tell you, life doesn't always, isn't always easy. I'm finding out that getting a little bit older isn't always easy. But I tell you what, He is just as much God as He was when I was nine years old and walked up that aisle. And Sister Emma just led me to that sinner's prayer. Amen. Amen. He's still God. <laughs> And I know it and I believe it. Amen. Amen. Oh, Father, we thank you today for this word. Get that in your heart today. And uh, I believe it's going to be a blessing to you. Amen. Thank you for listening today to the Living Godcast. We trust and pray that you are blessed by today's word. If you would like to contact us for prayer or for more information about Church of the Living God, please visit our Facebook page at WinCityCOLG or give us a call at 859-745-1865.